Welcome to the sixth episode of Profs Radio, the show to A-star your business by learning from entrepreneurs' own experience how to solve problems. I'm your host, Peter Martin, director of Profs.biz, the only digital company you need to run your business easier, quicker, and cheaper. Today, we have Matt Wilson from Good Labs. Good morning, Matt. Do you want to say hi to the listeners and tell them about what you do? Hey, morning, Peter. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. So Good Labs is a, uh, a small consultancy that works in the niche of social impact. And uh, so anybody who's trying to make a positive difference in the world, we, uh, we exist to help them to evidence that, to help them to manage that impact, uh, almost as a sort of business improvement process. Uh, sounds excellent. Uh, it's obviously very important that a lot of uh, companies and organizations, do you think? about that impact that they do have. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey from to how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. I've been um, sort of 20 plus years in the charitable sector. And uh, I think sometimes people think about the charity sector as kind of uh, just a bunch of bumbling volunteers who uh, sort of, you know, do good as, and, uh, but actually, you know, the charitable sector is a multi-billion pound uh, sector you know often people when they think um, about the economy think of it in terms of three sectors um, the commercial sector the public sector uh, and what often gets the, called the third sector or the voluntary sector which is essentially um, you know all those charities that are out there uh, but actually you know these are organizations that can be quite large multi-million pound budgets uh, lots of staff and uh, actually rather than potentially uh, rather than making products um, are really service-based organizations and the uh, the services that have been delivered are trying to address some of the most difficult social problems that we have um, in our society today. So um, the kind of charities I've been involved in have been uh, working with uh, children and young people, working in the education sector, working um, to tackle homelessness um, and uh, some work around the um, criminal justice sector as well. Uh, so quite varied over the years, tackling lots of um, challenging issues, working in partnership with, uh, with local government, central government, and uh, with some switched on businesses as well, um, some sort of corporate sponsorship type work that uh, I've been involved in over the years. And all that led me to the point a couple of years ago of, uh, of actually realizing that there's a whole load of people out there trying to do good but the problem is there are good ways to do good and not so good ways to do good. Um, there are a lot of tricky issues out there. Um, there's the law of unintended consequences. So sometimes we might think we're helping and then we find out over the long term we're not. We're actually making something worse. Um, or we're just, you know, relocating a problem into another space. Uh, and so uh, I set up the consultancy, Good Labs, really. Um, and the labs bit of it, it's because we do a lot of work around experimentation. We like to create environments where leadership teams can get away and think properly about the challenges that they're facing uh, or the challenges, you know, in the, in the community around them that they're trying to tackle and really ask that question, are we really making a difference? How can we make a difference better? What kind of metrics do we need to be looking at to show us whether or not we're making a difference? What are the things that will tell us 
where we can make an improvement, where we're performing well or where we're underperforming. So actually, it's you know, just like sort of um, the kind of uh, consultancy that you get in a, in a commercial business, but trying to apply that kind of, um, it's almost a kind of agile thinking that we're trying to apply to the way that uh, a lot of these charity leadership teams think. And it's not just for charities as well. I do some work with, uh, with some commercial firms as well who... Um, particularly anyone who's trying to make a difference in community. So, um, you know, whether you're a legal firm and you've got a lot of staff and you send them out on a volunteering day twice a year into the community or whatever, um, helping firms to think through um, the difference that they're trying to make is, is what I'm all about, really. Sounds excellent. It sounds like you're doing quite amazing work, really. I'm glad you explained the labs bit because I was a bit unsure of how that came about. Um, got the good bit but not the labs bit so. yeah well yeah no it's nothing to do with dogs so yeah <laughs> no, no, i'm not a labrador breeder or anything like that um i, I could have uh, imagined you wearing a white coat or something <laughs> with the labs bit well no funny enough i mean there are you know i'm not the only um firm that offers um labs uh and and literally you know you can get uh, i went along the first time i experienced a lab myself um, was um, was in Dallas, Texas, about I mean I could be getting over ten years ago, probably less than that. Um, I'd actually been invited as a, as a guest speaker, um, and I turned up to this massive venue. It was um, it was an innovation conference. Uh, yeah, and all the staff were wearing these white lab, lab coats. It was hilarious. <laughs> Um, and it, but it, well, it was a tremendously uh, innovative um, event actually and I, I took a lot away from that I mean, the stuff that I'm doing now with Good, Good Labs um, yeah, I've put my own spin on it but um, I, you, to what extent is anything original you know we, we, we take you know from other places don't we we learn we adapt we say okay you know I like, I like that but it, you know, it needs to be updated so I mean the um, the philosophy that I work with uh, within Good Labs is a three-step process. You know, you can either go through in a day or you can go through in a year. But essentially, it's a process of um, it's a thought process that begins with insight. So you've got to really understand the nature of the problem that you're trying to solve. Um, then it moves into an innovation phase. And then it moves into an impact phase. The innovation phase is the fun bit. You know, we're trying to you know, dream around how we can do things differently or come up with novel solutions. Um, and the impact phase is when we're really trying to be critical and we're saying, well, how the heck is this going to make a difference? And we're trying to really apply um, some critical thinking to um, the kind of uh, good ideas that we think we've come up with. Um, obviously, you, you, when you're in that kind of consulting space, what you don't want to do is you don't want to start judging ideas too early. Um, so you, you defer judgment and you save that for later in the process um, or else it will smother the ideas that you're trying to incubate. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that all dates back to um, way back when I was in university back in the mid nineties and I did a foreign exchange over um, in New York state, one of the, uh, universities um, and uh, I was in a, I was in a creativity unit there was a, I went over there because there was a special unit for studying creativity and they had this three-step um, problem-solving process that they used in, in business and in industry and um, it's kind of stuck with me ever since really I've adapted it a lot as I've gone along but uh, it's essentially the same core three-step model 
people that I, I learned from those uh, American professors all those years ago. Right. Interesting. Uh, as we know, businesses always come across issues and obstacles, and I'm sure that's very true, particularly working in the charitable sector. Is there maybe an issue that you've come across in your business that you can share with the listeners today? Well, um, I think Good Labs is... Um, you know, we had a uh, we've had a good start. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very small sort of boutique consultancy. Really, I don't um, I don't retain any any full time staff. I have some others who work with me on uh, on different challenges that we've got a bigger job and we're uh, trying to uh, solve something that requires some different expertise that I you know I don't have personally. Um, yeah, but problems that we face within the business. Um, I think we. Um, you know, there's the constant juggle of, you know, doing the work and winning the work. Uh, so, uh, you know, having to um, set aside enough of my time to, uh, to kind of keep the pipeline, um, you know, fed with jobs. Um, I, think, uh, I think I manage that reasonably well now. Um, try and, it's, more, it's more of my time than I thought it was going to have to be. I think probably every business owner understands that. You know, you thought you might spend sort of 95% of your job fee earning and then, you know, 5% marketing and it's more like sort of 80-20. Um, I probably have to spend, you know, the equivalent of about a day a week being out there, um, getting to know people, pitching for work um, and uh, chasing proposals that I've sent to people a week ago, a fortnight ago, a month ago, two months ago. So there's all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So um, I think if, yeah, if there was a challenge that, you know, if I had a member of staff, um, I think to have somebody on the sales end actually um, would be, uh, would probably where, be where I would go because uh, I think there's so much work involved in just uh, promoting the business and, and getting that pipeline of work um, really flowing. Can be quite hard as well, can't it? With project works because a project, even though you you kind of give it an end date, never never, never fits that end date, does it? Really? Well, yeah, that's right. I think I've I think I've just had to make sure, particularly when it comes to the um, to the agreements that I sign with clients at the beginning of a job, that um, you know we put a timeline on it, but um, you know the, obviously the cash flow challenge of if um, if a job was supposed to take three months and ends up uh, stretching six, um, obviously we can't afford to uh, to not get paid until the end of the job. So um, I've started to put interim payments. Um, you know, if there's uh, you know from no fault of our own, if the, if the client moves slowly, um, then uh, you know they need to uh, they need to recognise that a small businesses, our cash flow is uh, is important. And uh, yeah, so started to build in a few. Clauses to the contract that affects that whole pipeline that you were talking about yeah. as well, doesn't it? The projects yeah. that you thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before we uh, find out how that issue, how you resolve that issue in your business, I'd just like to take a minute to let you know of our community, Entrepreneur Profs, where you can meet other entrepreneurs and learn from them, as well as find the tools that we recommend. Just go to entrepreneurs.profs.biz. You can also join our free Entrepreneur Profs Facebook group. So you, you've discussed there, Matt, a little bit about. Obviously, being in business, we have to spend a lot of time uh, finding more work, kind of chasing proposals. And when you're selling your time, that can be quite difficult to find that time as well to do that because obviously you're spending that time billing clients as well. How, uh, how have you resolved that issue in your business? And is there any kind of software or tools that have helped you? Sure. Um, 
The, uh, I mean, yeah, being organized, I mean, I consider myself a pretty well-organized person anyway, but um, one thing that uh, I started to do um, when, I, uh, when I launched Good Labs, I looked around at various sort of project management type software, that kind of thing, lots of different apps, tested out a few, and I settled on um, a, um, a, bit, a bit of uh, software, free to use. I mean, I, I use the free version of it, but you can upgrade, uh, particularly if you've got a larger team. And if you come across it, it's called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. No, Absolutely fantastic. So my entire life is now um, recorded on Toggle, which is slightly worrying for me, you know, if somebody ever got hold of the data, um, if I ever got hacked. No, but what I mean by that is, um, you know, I have to, because I might have, you know, six or seven clients on the go at any one time and I'm dipping in and out of different projects. So I've got the whole thing on screen. I know every minute of the day which job I'm working on because, you know, whilst I do get out and about a lot, I spend time within other people's businesses or perhaps off-site, you know, a different location that we're all gathering in. Uh, a lot of my work happens uh, from here, from this home office that I'm, that I'm sat in today as I'm talking to you. And uh, yeah, so when it comes to sort of, you know, the end of the month and I'm, I'm starting to bill, um, to be able to look back at that report that Toggle gives me, how many hours I've spent on each different client, um, or even to be able to look back towards the end of the month and say, you know, am I spending too much time on any particular job or not enough time on another job? Um, it helps me to make adjustments. So I couldn't do without that, actually. Um, and I think, yeah, so time management, um, you know, because I've not, I've not got a PA anymore. Um, you know, when I've, when I've been leading in the past, leading large organizations, I've had a team around me, people who can say, Matt, you're supposed to be here or there. And uh, obviously that's not the case anymore. So, yeah, Toggle's become, uh, it's not a virtual assistant, but uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very helpful tool for being organized. That's a really good example of how software can actually improve productivity and improve uh, time, particularly when you have had that, <laughs> been quite used to somebody doing that for you. Um, I bet that was a bit of a change, You've really. You've got to get over the from, hump, though. Into software. Yeah, yeah. I, my wife uh, also runs her own business and um, you know, works with a lot of different clients. And I've been trying to introduce her to Toggle recently. And um, the, I think there's, the, there's the cha always the challenge of adopting a new piece of software because you've got to be ruthless with it. It's one, it only works if you use it all the time. Um, yeah. You know, it wouldn't work if you only used it sort of half your time. It would be utterly pointless. And so um, I went over that hump of adoption, the challenge of the first few weeks, the first month of thinking, oh, this is a pain, having to stop start this app on my phone. But, but now it's so invaluable and I'm just in the habit of doing it. So it works for me. Oh, that's good that you've managed to integrate it there. Um, and is there a top tip that you have for organizations who maybe want to improve their social impact? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, the, the one thing I tend to say for organizations is um, they've got to be clear on the change that they want to affect. So you can look at annual reports from charities and from businesses. And in fact, there's a trend at the moment, particularly in the charity sector, but it's creeping into the business world as well. That the annual report is starting to become described as an annual impact report. I don't know if you've spotted that. Um, but there's a big difference between outputs and impacts. And so you'll often see lots of fancy infographics in there saying this is how much we've done this year. You know, we've served 
15,000 breakfasts to school children, or, you know, we've volunteered, you know, 20,000 hours of our staff time to the community or whatever. And um, that doesn't say, so what? And did that make any kind of difference at all? Um, impact is describing the change that you've seen. So if you're going to, uh, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're a business that wants to make a difference in your community, you've got to really think long and hard about what is the difference I want to make, you know, which is, which is beyond just saying, oh, I think I've got X number of hours a week or X number of hours a month that I could donate, or I've got these staff over here who've got these skills that might be useful. Uh, but I, so, so what? So what are we going to change? I mean, I was with um, the leader of our local council not too long ago, and uh, we were having a discussion about the local authority procurement route and I don't know if you know, but uh, there were some changes in law uh, not too long ago that made it possible for local authorities to start to um, apply different weightings to, uh, to their contractual arrangements, uh, all in an effort to, um, to help local suppliers to be able to play a bigger part in local government supply chains, which are multi-million pound supply chains. Um, and as we all know, it's often the very large national and international companies that, that get those contracts to the detriment of, of the local suppliers. Um, and the way they do that is through a clause they call the social value clause. Um, and I was asking, so how are we in our area here in North Tyneside? Um, what are we doing about that? And um, initially there'd been a very complicated set of social value arrangements. Um, but everybody actually knows that there are just, whilst we've got very, very good schools in this borough, there are a few areas where the schools have just struggled for a long, long time and con have continued to. And so actually what social value really means, what making a difference really means in a place like this is go do something that's going to improve the educational prospects for those kids in that high school over there, because that's where the help is really needed. You know, don't spread yourself around thinly, go and provide some apprenticeships for those teenagers over there, or, you know, go and show those kids what it really means to, um, you know, go and do some mock interviews with them or, or whatever. So, because what's going to change is, you know, you're really clear. So if, if, if what you want to change is I want to change young people's mindsets about the possibility of getting a good job when they hit 16 or 18 or whatever, then go do that. Uh, but just be really, really clear. What is the change we want to see? It's very important that because we can always donate time, donate money, but actually, if it's not having an impact, we're just wasting both. Mm, uh, yeah. So to measure kind of what are you doing because if you're going to do something, particularly as a business, where obviously letting staff go on volunteer days or donating money, that is an expense, and people want to do good, and it's you want you do want to measure that as a business to, yeah. to see what you are doing with that. Um, and lastly, I mean, we've, we've touched on your project management tool, uh, but do you have a favorite piece of software or tool that you most recommend? Oh, well, I mean, we, we might have jumped the gun on that question because I do really love Toggle. Um, but, um, you know, I, I also, you know, for my accounts, I use, um, I use the Sage Business Cloud. I really like that, actually. I find that really, really easy to use. It integrates with my bank account. So in the Northeast business, um, so, you know, shout out to Sage as well. I, 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 I can't say anything about the other versions of Sage, but the, that particular one, I, you know, it used to be called Sage One. I think they've changed the name of it now to Sage Business Cloud. I really like that. Um, you know, me as a non-accountant running a small business, perfectly straightforward for me to do my own accounts on that. Um, what else do I use? I like Squarespace for my website. 
Um, okay. They put their prices up recently, which I don't like. But uh, but actually, again, makes it really easy for me as a you know I'm not a web designer, but I can. I think if you look at the Good Labs website, hopefully you'll see that it's as professional as anything you'll see out there on the web. And, Looks good. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's all. That's not down to me. That's down to Squarespace. And uh, yeah, so they're perhaps they're perhaps my top three. Then you know, Squarespace, Sage One, and uh, and Toggle. Thank you very much for that. And before you go, how can people connect with you? Okay, um, goodlabs.uk is our website. Obviously, it's got a contact form on there, which uh, you'd expect. Uh, they can get in touch with me directly with matt at goodlabs.uk. And uh, they're probably the two main ways to get in touch. Are you on social media or anything? I am. I'm not as busy on social media as I should be. Um, yes, people are very, very welcome to, uh, to follow Good Labs on, uh, on social media. Probably could do with one or two more followers, to be honest. Um, <laughs> You're going to now ask me what the handle is, aren't you? Uh, I think it's goodlabs underscore UK, at goodlabs underscore UK, I think. Uh, okay. I'm just, no, no, it's got no underscore. So just goodlabs UK. Okay. There we go. Thank you very much for that. All right, Peter. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast as well. Really appreciate your time and hearing about... Well, my pleasure. My pleasure. That you've got. Uh, remember to check out our community and Facebook group. Go and start your business today.